You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. This episode of Locked on Packers is brought to you by our friends at McDonald's, proudly serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's the official community center, the unofficial community center as well. A big thanks to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. And you know, I'm loving it. Ross Uglum from Packer Report is going to join me on the show today for Expert Tuesday. Talk about the Bears, talk about what's going on with the team, a little 30,000 foot view. So a lot to get to on that. We got some news on Monday from Matt LaFleur, uh, some, some big injury updates. The first and most important, David Bakhtiari is expected to return to practice this week. That has significant repercussions for this offense and this offensive line. And I, that is underselling it, right? I mean, this is, this is not uh, a non-obvious point to make. Getting back arguably the best left tackle in football, getting back one of the best offensive linemen in the league is a terrific thing for your offense. And Matt LaFleur was asked at his press conference yesterday what they get from empty. Essentially, why are you playing so much empty, right? This is something I wrote about today in The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. And what, what Matt LaFleur said was, in their system, there are empty calls and protections that allow them to get a chip and release. So you put Big Bob Tunyon at the number three on the trip side, he can hit the defensive end and and then release, and you're giving your tackle a little bit of extra help. LaFleur admitted that he uh they got there was a sack on the second drive. Robert Quinn sacked him on second and seven from empty. And Matt LaFleur said that that caused him to wonder whether they would want to live in empty moving forward. I think that is a reasonable question for him to have asked. And guess what? They played most of their snaps, most of their snaps after that from under center. So I I don't think that is a coincidence. And I don't think the fact that they blew a couple of assignments on uh, some five-man protections, Rice Newman blew two. I don't think that that is a coincidence because even if you get a chip, if your guard and your your tackle cannot handle those end tackle stunts, you're going to be in trouble. And they were. And so, okay, why not go under center, pound the football with the run game, Go heavy play action and and create opportunities for your pass protection that way. This is, you may recall, a question I have been asking for weeks. And so I I hope that that is a lesson that they were able to, to learn here. I understand completely why they did it, what the point was. This was our speculation all along was that they were doing this to try and gain some sort of advantage in the pass protection game, right? That was the, the perceived goal. So now... How much does that change? How much does the success in this game 
coupled with all of the success, of course, that they had last year, play into how they handle this offensive front moving forward. Is this now just, again, who they are? Big personnel, heavy play action, run game, shot plays, and then when you need to, on third and eight, third and 10, third and 12, you can spread out and do the, the, the Aaron Rodgers stuff that you need to do, that every team needs to do. No team is going to avoid third and longs entirely. You can't play your whole game out of, you know, the under center run game into the play action game. It, you know, the, the the San Francisco 49ers have tried it. There is a limit to how far you can get there. And, and the Vikings, by the way, their offense has been so effective precisely because they're able to get stuff in the drop back game. They're able to get Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and those guys open in just the straight drop back game in addition to the play action. So when when David Bakhtiari gets back, that raises the question, what does the rest of this offensive line look like? Well, Josh Myers, another one of the, the, the nuggets that we got on Monday, Josh Myers is going to be out a couple weeks at least with the knee injury. They don't think it is season ending. Usually, you know, you you can there are on field tests you can do for ACL um, that doesn't rule anything out necessarily, but usually they can tell if it is. It's one of those things where if it is, they they can often tell like, oh, okay. if if we do this. Yeah, we're 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 pretty sure that that's what you have. And if if that test is is negative on the field, so to speak, that doesn't mean that there's no damage. But it it that that can be a pretty good indicator. They're hoping that is not long, long term, but a couple games at least, according to the head coach. So then where do you put these guys? Because there has been some speculation with Royce Newman getting off to a, a pretty good start early. He has been uh, uh, had more issues with the mental side of it lately understanding slide protections and and his assignments. He's a very good pass protector when it's just man for man. It's you against me, one against one. He's got great feet. He's got good hands. He's polished. He needs to get a little bit stronger. And he's he's not great, great in the run game, although he was um, a top 10 guard by run block win rate. This week, he played really well, according to ESPN's charting, in the run game. But there was some speculation that Elton Jenkins, when he comes back, would play center because of the way the guards had been playing if Josh Myers is hurt. Lucas Patrick was the Packers' highest graded player. Not pro football focus, his highest graded player, although I believe he was. He was the Packers' highest graded offensive lineman. So if he's, if he's, if center is his best position. So I think a guard, he's a little overmatched physically. Center is his best position. He is a solid NFL center. He played last year like a solid NFL guard and did not this year. In the spring, in the summer, in training camp, in preseason, he was not a solid NFL player. He was a below average NFL player. First lost his job to Royce Newman, then lost his job to John Runyon Jr. But as a center for a couple weeks, he is a quality player. The question then becomes, what do you think your best five is? So Billy Turner, in this case, I think stays at right tackle. If you get David Bakhtiari back, he's obviously your left tackle. And then what do you do interior? Do you feel Newman and JRJ are playing well enough to leave them? And then you could put Elton Jenkins in at center. Matt LaFleur said he'd need those reps. We may get some hints this week if that is in fact the case. Although Matt LaFleur did not rule out David Bakhtiari playing this week. Could be. 
You've got a very good Washington front, although their defense has not played well overall. We're going to have plenty of time to talk about what's going on with their defense. The answer is a lot. And uh, it's not been very good at all. But you could also say, hey, Alton Jenkins, right tackle. Billy Turner is now the right guard. Royce Newman, you've had some issues. This is just the best thing for the team moving forward. You could say, Alton Jenkins, left guard. John Runnin Jr., you're now going to play right guard. And that's the best five. I think at this point, there has to be some level of trust in Adam Stenovich and Matt LaFleur and this offensive staff to say, these are the best five guys. They're going to play and they're going to let this the competition sort this all out. And, and they've been able to do that. They've done it to this point. And they're going to need the help this week because this pass protection is going to be essential. This is a very good Washington front. And they they faced very good fronts. This was a very good front in Chicago that they just faced. Matt LaFleur called it the best front they played all year. To this point, you know, I'm sure the 49ers would feel like they're in that conversation too. But this is another really good one. And, and they've got a number of them coming up. Kansas City is a bit of a reprieve, but but the Cardinals front is very good. Um, they've got the Vikings front coming up here in a couple of weeks. So a, a lot of a lot of interesting ways that they can put this package together. We'll see. I mean, I think I think we'll learn this week how they're going to do it. They're going to they're going to figure out, OK, whatever they go with this week, I think is going to be what you'll see moving forward, you know, barring injury. And then. Once Josh Myers gets back, maybe some reshuffling needs to get done. If Elton Jenkins is the center, definitely needs to be some reshuffling because then you probably just kick him to left guard. But maybe this is the time to just say, okay, Elton Jenkins, you're the right tackle. I, I don't know. This is there is there are so many options, and it's a good it's it's what Mike Wall said when he was on a couple of weeks ago. This is a first world problem. This is a champagne problem because they have too many good offensive linemen to play, and that that runs in stark contrast to what they had last year. Another injury update, Jair Alexander. He is progressing. Um, they, they like what they're seeing so far. The scans show that the, the injury is healing. That doesn't mean that he 100% does not need surgery. But as I, as I mentioned, um, you know, from, from what I was told based on this injury, uh, the, the healing is key. So if the, the injury shows that it is healing, then it is possible that they can let it heal on its own and it doesn't need surgery. If it's not healing, that's when you go to the surgery route. Now, that does not mean they're out of the clear here, but this is positive progress. Now, that doesn't mean a move is not possible. Now, I thought Rasul Douglas played really well on Sunday, albeit against, you know, a, a quarterback who is, uh, you know, a neophyte in the NFL. He is he is very green, but I thought he I thought he handled his coverage responsibilities well. He tackled well. He played aggressively. He played downhill. He did everything you could ask a we just got here cornerback in a defense that is that wants to contend for titles in a rivalry game. He did everything you could ask for him. Now, Kevin King, he is day to day. The shoulder injury, apparently not a long term thing. I would be fine if Russell Douglas is just the guy now. He is the guy until. You know, Jair Alexander gets back and then you get to make some decisions. Shannon Sullivan played well on Sunday, but there are there are some options out there. Kyle Fuller um, did not play very much on Sunday for the Broncos and their season. They seem to be flagging a little bit. Uh, they, they beat 
you know, some some borderline NFL teams early in the season. They they sort of had a Big Ten schedule. They had that Wisconsin Badger schedule where they played, you know, uh, directional Idaho State. And then all of a sudden you start playing the big boys and, and things start to change a little bit. That's sort of been the Broncos season here. Maybe they try and get a pick for, for Kyle Fuller, who knows the system. Could be an option. Mike Sando at The Athletic had an executive suggest to him that Xavier Howard be a Packers trade target with the Dolphins season awash. That would require serious issues. I mean, I had uh, an agent mention to me during the Stephon Gilmore stuff. Hey, you know, it's, it's really tough for the Packers to bring in someone like Gilmore whose contract they'd have to rework when there are other guys on the team who are waiting for new contracts. Jair Alexander needs to get paid. Devontae Adams needs to get paid. And those are cornerstone players for you. I mean, especially at the same position, that that gets a little dicey. That's why Kyle Fuller makes a little bit more sense. And while we're on the topic of players, the Packers could acquire at a need position. Matt LaFleur did not give much on the timeline of Preston Smith other than to say he is working hard to get back. Uh, Whitney Merciless, released by the Houston Texans, is someone who could be looking for a title contender. He is coming off a major contract, so maybe the money is a little less important to him. And because he was released and isn't a trade player, the Packers could sign him to a contract that doesn't need to be reworked because he's signing a contract, right? With you know the money spread out. So he's making whatever he's making this year and you add void years to it so that you can get to the you know the the cap numbers that you need to get to this year and beyond it is certainly something that i think would make sense for them certainly something that i think they will explore and don't be surprised if by the time this comes out we hear the packers name connected with that player this episode of locked on packers is brought to you by mcdonald's proudly serving community since 1965 mcdonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty affordable food it's an unofficial community center it's a place where friends and families can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries, Butterfinger McFlurry for me. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, and the home team or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. It was a place that I went a lot as a kid after games. It was always my go-to Hey, you know, I just I just want something delicious for lunch or for a snack. Just get the the large soda and fries as you're as you're going through. I just need a little pick me up. McDonald's was my go to and continues to be my go to. Uh, So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say locked on Packers party? I'm loving it. And speaking of cheese. Because I do love a cheeseburger, double cheeseburger at McDonald's for me. If you're like me, just about every day you stare into the cabinet going, why don't I have anything good in the house? If you're a cheesehead, you probably love cheese as much as you love the green and gold. You know how the best part of a grilled cheese sandwich is the cheese that melts off in the pan and gets a little crunchy? Well, Just the Cheese made a bar out of just that. That's why I started snacking on Just the Cheese. Just the Cheese brings you cheese. 100% cheese, no fluff, no filler like you've never had it before, as a salty baked snack. It's cheese and crackers without the crackers, which means without the unnecessary carbs. 
My favorite is the jalapeno. My wife's favorite as well. You get the cheesy, the spicy, no complicated recipes or almond flour that makes you feel like you're eating a health food. Just natural cheese baked until it's crunchy to give you the great taste of Wisconsin cheese with the crackle of a cracker. Find Just the Cheese, a great snack at Quick Trip. Support two local businesses all in one. Maybe pick up some glazers while you're at it. That's Just the Cheese. All right, let's get to Ross Uglum. You can follow him on Twitter at Ross Uglum. He is the publisher of Packer Report. Ross, thanks for coming back on the show. It is awesome to be with you. Uh, You are as diligent as anyone on Packers Twitter breaking down the tape. You had a a tweet stream last night with with the highlights and the lowlights as we look back on this, this game with the Bears. Anything specifically that stood out to you on second look? Because sometimes I know we can we can miss things. We can think things that that were important turned out not to be, or things that we we didn't miss that. And then you see it and you go, "Oh, that." Yeah, uh, you know, on the positive side, just a just an outstanding performance from Aaron Jones, man. Like I, I was one of the guys. Uh, I'll put my hand up, fully admit it that I thought, you know, even with Kylan Hill, like you can take Aaron Jones's money, do something else with it. And a Kylan Hill can replace an Aaron Jones. Can he? I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, um, what he was able to do from a from a blocking standpoint, from a pass receiving standpoint, obviously taking basically a check down at the thirteen yard line, um, scoring the ball in a big spot. That was that was impressive. He ran it well too. He pass blocked well. Um, Billy Turner kind of turned somebody loose right by the Packers goal line. And Aaron Jones picked him up. He fired it out to Adams for a slant or for on a little comebacker for a first down. Uh, also very impressed, honestly, with the coverage. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think you look at some of the numbers and even the advanced numbers with Justin Fields and you just go, well, he's not good yet or he may never be good. But right now he's not good. Um, there were no there wasn't a whole lot of places for him to go with the football. And some of the completions he had were absolute dimes. And that's something that I mentioned online was I can't really get on Rasul Douglas and, and uh, Eric Stokes for some of this stuff. Cause these are just perfect passes and you, you tip your cap and you, you move on with your right. life um, on the not so great note. Uh, I boy, Robert Tunyon, man, uh, <sighs> he has turned into a pumpkin, something fierce. And I'm not sure that there's a, I, I don't know what the answer is there, I guess, is what I'll say. Um, the linebackers that aren't Devondre Campbell, woof. <laughs> and also, we're really not that far away from wondering what is going on with Aaron Rodgers downfield. Yeah. Uh, some like the throw to Lazard just kills me. You've seen it from the end zone view because you can go, go look at my Twitter account at Ross Uglum. Um, that's a, that's a kind of a, double vertical stamp or concept where both guys are going downfield and left and right. And the bears are in a single high look paying all the attention in the world to Devonte Adams. Rogers not only has Lazard deep, he's also got him inside. So either miss short or miss inside, but he misses outside and long. I mean, there's just a lot of place for him to kind of fit it into a receiver that right. has the ability to sort of box out the defensive back. Um, who also has won the route. I mean, he's he's got his guys stacked. 
And it's just not, it's not a great ball. And and you've seen a number of deep balls this year that have just not been great. And look, he's playing not at an MVP level. I don't think anybody would argue that, but I mean, he's playing at a pro bowl level. He's playing good football. Um, and he's just like this far away from elite football. The, the downfield passing is something that, that Jake Morley and I have been talking about really from the beginning and you just sort of, okay, well, he's nervous about the offensive line, but the pass blocking really has been pretty good all season. So yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, I said it to you on Twitter when, when you posted that clip, I was like, why did, why did he fade into the blocker? By the way, he had a pocket. He could have stepped up in and ripped that throw. If he wanted to, he faded left out of a clean pocket and then stepped in the bucket on the throw. Like I, that, I just, that was something that, frustrated Packers fans specifically like when he misses Jennings in the 09 playoff loss to the Cardinals, because Mm -hmm. he fires a laser instead of a rainbow. And that one, like that could have been a rip. That could have been a 30 yard rip to Lazard into the hashes, into the inside of the field. He was, he had his man beat and he had his man beat inside. He was good long and he was good inside. That safety was never getting over there for all the been six. Right. And, and, or at least 40, you know, or 45. (laughs) Um, And, and that's one where, like you said, if he steps up and he fires one of those like 08, 09 Rogers laser bombs that were kind of, they're really cool when they connect. It's like, man, a lot of quarterbacks have to kind of float that one in the air and he just ripped it. If, if we got a Rogers laser there, it would have been, it would have been pretty cool. So you mentioned the coverage. Are you done being mad at Joe Barry yet? I mean, are we inside the 20 yard line or are we not? Where, where are we on the field? No, no, I guess. Um, no, oh, seriously. What have you seen from him? Cause I know that you were, you were highly skeptical of the hire and early on, you know, it was, it, I think the defense made it pretty easy to be like, yeah, this is not working. And, and I think over time, like, especially on a down to down basis, They've been, they in fact exceeded my expectations given where they have been with injuries and, and all that stuff. I know they haven't played the best competition, but. Well, and, and that's the thing, right? He's kind of the anti Petten. I think Aaron Nagler pointed this out or somebody on Twitter. I think it was Aaron, but Meg Petten used to just let you walk in between the twenties, did not care. Then you got into the red zone and he, he, they would play good deep, you know, good situational football. Joe Barry only allows two or three red zone trips, but you bet your ass you're getting into the end zone. I mean, there's, there's no question about it. So they're, they're sort of polar opposites of each other. And, um, you know, this is by some measures, the worst offense in the league. So there's, there's a little bit, but at the same time, I mean, you have to tip your cap to a guy when you are down your, I won't say your best two pass rushers. Cause I think Gary, is probably one of the best two pass rushers on the team, if not the guy now. But you're down your top two paid pass rushers, and the guy, right. you, the guys, on you the edge in anyway. Kenny this. Clark deserves right, right, on the right. edge, on the edge. I knew what you're you, saying. You, you, you're down your your top two paid edge rushers. You're down the best corner in football. Savage goes out. You you got injuries in and out of the lineup at linebacker, whether it's Barnes going down for this or that or whatever, and. And you're, you're missing Kevin King, who most fans are like, good. But at, at some point, it's Kevin King or Isaac Yadam. And that's, right. you know, th- that becomes a problem. And, and you look at it and, and it's like, and hey. King played well last week. We have yeah. to, you have to give him credit. 
I've been the, the biggest King critic, but he played well last week. He did. He did. He did the one Kevin King thing where he was 13 yards off on third and six. And other than that, <laughs> um, it was great. And and I mean that I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not being condescending. No. Like it was great. Um, so you have to be pleased and you have to be impressed that they've played good enough defense to be five and one, because that's all that matters. And they played good enough defense without, I mean, Mike Pettin had unbelievable injury luck, in my opinion, on the defensive side of the football. He had his dudes for most of his tenure, or at least most of his crossover with Matt LaFleur. Right, 19 and 20. They had really good injury luck on the defensive side of the ball and ultimately were, were largely disappointing in, in a way that Barry has not yet been. There's plenty of time. Uh, there's still, you know, potentially playoff games. That that was where Mike Pettin was was most disappointing, as Dom Capers was as well. So as we try and figure out what to do with this offensive line now, David Bakhtiari is set to practice this week. If you were going to set the five based on what we've seen here, and and what's what's interesting is Lucas Patrick played his ass off on Sunday. And that had not been the case really since no, he's like, bad against like, like, like last year. He, he was bad in the spring. He was bad in camp and was bad in the preseason. But, you know, so so how would you set the five? Uh, I, I, I'm not going to let one game change my mind on Lucas Patrick. Plus, honestly, I need Lucas Patrick to be ready to play left guard, center, right guard. With with what's been going on and just injury luck, et cetera, et cetera. I I if I was setting the five post and we're living in a in a David Bakhtiari world, which right. I really don't think they will on Sunday. I I think he'll make his debut against Arizona potentially, but but I'm not even con- I don't even know if on I'm a could. short week that's tough. Too. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know if I'm convinced of that. It might be after Halloween. So I I think I'm going Nijman Runyon. What do you mean Bakhtiari? No 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 no. I'm talking about for the next two weeks. I'm talking oh, about for the I'm next two about, weeks. Well, yeah, but I'm I'm asking. I guess what I'm asking is once Bakhtiari gets back, set the five. Oh, I think that's simple. Bakhtiari, and then you've got Runyon, and then you've got Elton, and then you've got Newman, and then you've got. Uh, Turner that, that I okay. think that's I, I don't think there's any question about it I really don't and I I know like I've seen the idea of Patrick playing right guard over Newman or Patrick but they they would have done that already if they were going to do it and they're not there there have been games when Newman won that job right I, that's that's yeah. asked an answer to me yeah and, and so you could if you really are trying to get Newman off the field which look there's tape that that I mean, you can you can make that argument. That's two fine. sacks where he just blew the assignment. There's right. that. I think your best bet would be Patrick at center and Elton at right guard because when Lucas Patrick plays center, I at least feel okay about it. When he plays guard, especially against like the DeForest Buckners and Eric Armsteads and the 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 guys with long arms that get into you and and, and rush the passer. He's six two and some change with short arms, man. Like I just don't need to see him play guard anymore. <laughs> okay, so then does that mean when, when everyone is healthy, Ellen Jenkins is is the left guard, Bakhtiari is the left tackle, Josh Myers is the center, Billy Turner is the right tackle. Who plays right guard? Yeah, I would. I mean, I if I was in charge, and I'm not. And honestly, I think I think Steno and and. LaFleur have probably just said like Rice Newman is our right guard forever 
or until I think, I think that's right. So like if it was me and, and you said, okay, you get to set the lineup. I would just ask Jenkins and JRJ what they want to do. Like, John, do you want to stay at left guard and move Elton to right guard? Or do we put the all pro back where he normally is? And John, you just have to do the right guard stuff. That that's what I would do because running was MF in people in Chicago, man. He, He's he's a he's a player and he's definitely one of their best five. But I fear that if everyone's back, I don't think they're going to bench Myers. I really, really, really don't. I think what's going to end up happening is you're going to end up with Bakhtari and Jenkins playing next to each other, which is fine. It's great. Two all pros on the same side. Myers, Newman, Turner and JRJ just becomes like the best sixth offensive lineman in pro football. And it could be the case that that this time next year, we're talking about him as the starting left guard because Elton Jenkins is your starting right tackle. Right, right. Because and I wouldn't let Turner walk with the way he's playing. But financially, there just might not be a conversation. You might you might have to have four guys on that line making no money with Bakhtari making money because Elton Jenkins isn't making money yet. And and obviously, um, you know, Runyon, Myers and Newman are on mid round contracts, mid round rookie contracts that. Right paying a peanuts. So let me get you out of here on this because we have not spent enough time on this show talking about this particular player, but he is finally starting to get some shine. Devondre Campbell. Hey. I mean, the, the guy has been unbelievable. And you mentioned that the, the non Devondre Campbell linebackers have not been great and not been great is the diplomatic way of talking about how they were on Sunday. Yeah. But what are you seeing from Devondre Campbell and what is he bringing to this defense? He he's awesome, man. Um, I, I he stays so cool. And I, and I get bothered, you know, a lot of, and I love Ben Fennel and I, and I love Andy. And I love a lot of these guys, but you, you, you break but it drag down, them, drag them wrong. Yeah, but you, you break down, you break down linebacker play. And like everything I see is a run fit. It's run fit, run fit, run fit, run fit. Cool. But 65% of NFL plays are passes. Right. So, like, I need to see the 65% that aren't Jalen Smith, Chris Barnes, or Oren Burks whiffing on a run fit. And I get that it's it's important. You need to be able to stop the run. Everybody remembers the NFC Championship game when Mike Pettin and that defense couldn't stop the run. And the inside backers were a big part of it. But I need to see the passing game. I need to see that. And and I thought Jalen Smith did a good job uh, blitzing. He he did a decent job in coverage on a running back and then just whiffed the tackle, which was unfortunate. But he had been good on passing downs against against Dallas. Um, but you know, Barnes hasn't been good. Jalen Smith wasn't good. Uh Summers has been an abomination. And and Oren Burks has just flashes. There's no consistently. I wish they had an Antonio Morrison or somebody who just okay, first and second down. We don't care if we're giving away the What's going on? First down, we're bringing in this Haas who will fit the run next to Campbell. And then on second down and second and long and third down, Jalen Smith comes in. And that's just the deal, you know, but they don't have the they don't have Antonio Morrison right now. They don't they don't have that guy. So right now, Devondre Campbell kind of has to be that guy. And I, I know he can't be responsible for two gaps, but he's been impressive. Stays clean, uh, you know, is able to get off of centers and guards. He's able to make a tackle without getting drugged for three yards, which is pleasant. It's it's fun to watch. And and honestly, too, he's decent in the open field. Like he he's been good enough in coverage. I think he allows kind of a higher 
maybe percentage of throws to be completed that you'd see than that you then you'd like to see. But Yak is non-existent. You catch this the whole ball, team, man. This whole team turf. tackles like it was the same. I, I don't know if you had the stat or someone else had the stat, but the the combination of Douglas and Stokes allowed three yards after catch on Sunday. Yeah, and Campbell Campbell has none of it too. Like, and that's the Barry scheme. Love it or hate it, that's the Barry scheme. Okay, it's second I, and it, I love it. It's second and eight. We're gonna give you three. We're gonna tackle you. For a gain of four, and now it's third and four. Can you convert third and four? Turns out, yeah, sometimes they can. And Turns if they out. can't convert, if they can't convert a third and four, they'll convert fourth and one. And I think that's where the the frustration gets, especially you get in the red zone. You start giving up six on first and goal from the eight, and that's right. where the frustration kind of seeps in. But it's I also think- where you need your star players. Yeah. To create negatives. It's where yep. you need your horses to say, okay, now it's second and twelve or it's second and 10 at, you know, from the 12 or whatever, like those, that's what, that's what you need. And I think that's part of what you're seeing with the injuries is you're missing those opportunities. Situational football to me has always been about coaching and stars. You need to have those two things. And if you, if you only have one, even that can be problematic. So Ross, this was awesome, man. We could do this all, all day. Um, can you let my listeners and now watchers on YouTube uh, know where they can find more of your work? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm the publisher of Packer Report. We are probably the longest running Packer specific publication on earth, founded by Ray Nitschke in 1972. PackerReport.com, very easy. Um, at PackerReport66 on Twitter. We've got VIP stuff behind a paywall. We've got a ton of free content that comes out all the time. We've got video content constantly. Um, we'll even just sometimes go live right on the Twitter feed. Just check us out. I promise if you're a Packer fan, you will enjoy what we do. Formerly, uh, my boss, Ross, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. All right. See you later, trader. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brands their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to Rock Auto at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? RockAuto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. And in life, we're all bound for different things. With Beachbound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or maybe you're bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar or maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be as happy as I can be. With Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? Visit Beachbound.com today. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Lily Zhao on the show. Zhao, you doing Wednesdays. We've got opponent Thursdays. And then our live stream on Friday, going to go live after the game on Sunday. It is Packers Washington 
this week. Washington football team, they are in the midst of an absolute disaster, a PR nightmare, and Dan Snyder should sell the team. That's that's just where it is. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.